to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, and today we have Mr. Josh Wilson, the resident automatic transmission guru. That's right. Good morning. How are you, Josh? We are doing good. There you go. And, of course, with Josh in the studio, I thought we would talk a bit today about transmissions because we have the opportunity to have him here. So any questions you may have regarding that would be a great day to call in. Of course, we will take a call on anything that happens to be bugging you. If you at home doing a brake service on your car or whatever, something you need car missing or check engine light on. That's right. Give us a call. We'll still answer any questions you may have. But we'll give it a shot anyway. <laughs> That's exactly right. Just give us a call. It's 291 6901. Of course, 225 is our area code here in Baton Rouge. So if you're out of state and you can put that on there and get right to us from anywhere you may be. That's right. If you just don't want to call in or something else occur to you after we go off the air, of course, you can always go on the website, agcoauto.com, A G C O A U T O.com. And just go to contact form, punch it in, put your question on there. I'll get an answer right on back to you. you know, automatic transmissions, Josh, is one of those things on a car that has gotten, I think, way more reliable in later years. But then again, they're also starting to go 180 degrees the other way and getting a lot more failures for a number of reasons. Right. It went for a long time. We It leveled out at the four-speed automatic, mm-hmm. you know, automatic overdrive. And they got those pretty much perfected, and then they – had to make epa improvements right that's when they started going to the six speeds and the eight speeds and nine speeds and right now it's like every year there's a new change something different always something else to keep up with Mm -hmm. and of course the with the new technology it's it's just not going to show what problems until they're out on the road. Well, it takes a while. You have to put the car into production and then observe a large number of them before you start to see what pattern phase you have. Then you can go in and try to engineer and develop things to help prevent right. that. And by the time they're doing that, they're already changing out the entire transmission. Yeah, well... So th- and- they're not lasting like they did in the past where you had the same transmission for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Now it's five years and it's out and a redesign. Another, another one's in. Right. So, yeah. They're never getting a chance to really develop them or perfect them. Perfect the ones that they have and move on. One thing I think everyone realizes on some level, but it may not occur to them on a daily basis, and that is they're designing cars probably five years in advance. What they're working on right now is the 2025 and 2026 models that are not even beginning to come to fruition, but that's what the engineers are really working on right now. They have to be four or five years out because by the time they design it, get it, approved by epa and what have you get all the vendors together start manufacturing the components it's going to take four or five years to get all that done so right they're testing that they have to do they have to hook it up and put it on the road run their test and they have to do that in several different climates throughout the country you know they'll they'll run tests in say the south and they'll run them in colorado in the high altitudes mountainous areas flat land that cold climate so they have to do all of these tests and turn that into the uh, epa and right. all that has to be approved and analyzed so that they meet their cafe ratings right and you know certain states it's a big big country and then, then we're not only distributing cars in the united states we distribute cars worldwide so it's an even bigger world but what happens is that what may fly in south louisiana may not meet the regulations in california So now you're either building two different vehicles, which is very expensive and very complicated, or you're building one vehicle that can meet the more stringent ratings, which, again, is very expensive and very complicated. Conditions change. So it's – I mean, I can sit here and poke fun at them and talk about the problems they have, but i got to say they do have a big 
big plate there to <laughs> yeah yeah try, there's try a whole it. whole lot that goes into it before it, it ever reaches to the point where it's ready to be released and put into manufacture right let's see if we can catch a couple of our phone calls here we've got lawrence's on the line good morning lawrence oh uh, hello mr altazan and uh, mr terry how are you um, uh, pretty good, sir. Uh, it's a pleasure to speak to you all again. Well, thank you. I actually had uh, contacted you guys a, a few months back about like a vibration issue I'm experiencing. Okay. Uh, the initial starting point was, for, uh, I mean, I can explain it in detail, but I, I kind of reversed into it like a Ballard. One of the uh, one of the tires was on the curb yes, at the sir. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you can recall, I do. Uh, but yeah, we, yeah, we had a couple of follow up emails, and you know, I tried a few of your suggestions. Remember, mm-hmm. if you could recall, you know, was we tried uh, driving without the load of the uh, engaged transmission. Yes, sir. you know, uh, I think we coasted down in neutral and down a hill. Didn't really affect it. Didn't really d- affected uh, rotation without balancing. I know we tried that. And eventually, uh, you know, I, I know in our last uh, exchange, you left me with we kind of left off with a uh, checking into balancing and out of round uh, tires. Mm-hmm. You know, I did do another balance. Uh, not, didn't really have an effect. And w- well, I went to a uh, eventually uh, got to a shop that I trust, and mm-hmm. uh, we had. Um, he had revisited an alignment that, because I, I don't know if you could recall that, I tried a few unsuccessful alignment yes, um, mm-hmm. things, and, uh, well, he, he was telling me that at the time, it was like a one degree off or mm-hmm. something. Uh, I mean, he didn't provide me like a readout or anything. Yes, and, uh, uh Well, so I'm just, just giving you all the details, but... So, now he never said this, but I sus- I think maybe he compensated for that one degree off. I'm, he never said those words or anything like that. I just suspect because the, the guy has a he has a pretty big heart. The shop owner, he's a really good guy, and uh, I, I think he's the, the kind of person who didn't want to break me any hard news if he thought it could be avoided. But but anyways, the truck rode really smooth after that, like that, like kind of like whenever I first bought it, mm-hmm. I and mean, it felt brand new again until maybe I hit around maybe seventy five, eighty miles an hour on the highway, mm-hmm. and then I guess when you start to come down in speed, you you can kind of feel the mild rumble while driving, mm-hmm. and. So now it's kind of progressed into like a constant vibration, you know, anytime I climb up to about like 45 miles or, or like 40 miles or, or faster. Yeah, yeah. 40 miles an hour. Well, it was like I was telling you, Lawrence, alignment, no matter what, is yeah. not going to cause a vibration. It physically cannot cause a vibration because alignment is fixed. Vibration is something that's yes. rotating. You know, it has to turn to vibrate. Now, if yes, you sir. change the alignment of the wheel, you may have put enough force on it to change when it vibrates. You may have changed the transfer path or something like that. And if you, if you change the alignment and either you relieve a little bit of stress on this fending component or you put more stress on it, you may change when it vibrates, which is what sounds that, like what has happened. What I would want to do is go in first off and figure out why it is a degree out. That's going to be the number one step because alignment was fixed when the car was built. And if there's no adjustment, it's because it's built in alignment. If it's changed, something has changed. Either something is bent or whatever. Now, whatever has caused the alignment to be out could be the source of the vibration also. But it's got to be something that turns, something that rotates. You know, if it was something that was fixed, it would be there all the time from zero to 100 miles an hour. It would always be there. You see, something that turns, as it turns faster, it picks up momentum. So that's when you can start to feel your vibration. So if moving the alignment on that wheel affected, it's got to be something on that wheel, something in that area. So I think you're yes, getting sir. a lot closer, and it may just take somebody who's a level above normal alignment guy to find that. But I would want to go back, find out what was off, how much it was off, you know, what reading. One yes, degree doesn't tell you much because you have camber, you have toe, you even have setback and all that. What was off a degree and why was it off a degree? And what did he do to it to correct it? You know, what angle did he change? And then see these things. First, if he changed toe by a degree, that would definitely change the load on that wheel or wheels in the back. 
So yes, that's kind of my thought, particularly if you know it changed the vibration significantly, which it sounds like it did. Yes, sir. So you you, yeah. you got to be in the right area. You just you know it's kind of like you say you're in, you're in the right church, just not the right pew. Yeah, so we just got to get the what and the why. Yeah, um, if you knew so. that, you would be closer to being able to figure out. It's going to take a very, very specialized person to find this because it sounds like it's probably a subtle vibration. It's not something obvious. But it's got to be something yes, on the wheel because if that affected, we said in our first conversation, find out what yes, affects sir. the vibration, and then you can find the cause of it. Exactly. And you, okay. you found well, something that affects it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I could quote Jerry Lee Lewis, I'd say there's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but well, um, you know, I, I just I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever connect with the talent out here to resolve that, sir. I mean, oh, there's somebody. I'm really seriously looking at linking up with you for this repair. If, if it's <laughs> if it's if it's real, I mean, I, I I mean, I'll do what it takes to get out there, sir. I, I, yeah. I take it very seriously. I've been looking at this for a year. This is like my baby. This this truck, and uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I I've never been to the Baton Rouge. And, you know, I've listened to your show a couple times, and, yeah. you know, I maybe go out there, you know, buy you that, buy you some lunch. I remember you had a caller. He had, like, a Cajun-style Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I think his name was, like, Carlos or something. I mean, yes, right. anything you want, sir, I mean, if, you, if you're interested in that type of thing. But, you know. Well, like I said, look around, you know, see what you can find locally. If you can't find anything, just let me know. We'll work something out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, of course, yeah, and, uh, you know, it just, you know, I, I just want to pay a compliment. I mean, I, I you know, you kind of indirectly uh, turned me on to Dr. Demon here through, through your website. And, well, good you know, deal. I, I view your shop as like a manifestation of like a winning belief system, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I would like to be a part of it, and, you know, if I think it would have a very tangible, positive effect on my life, and, and so, you know, well, that would be the, the dream there if I, you know, if, but of course, you know, it, it is more practical to, to find something local. Yeah, you can so, find uh, my local. I'm sure there's someone who can do it. Y- yes, sir. Okay, I tell you, I'm up against a break well, right now, Lawrence. But well, thank you all so much. Thanks okay. for you know, hearing me out here. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, thank you both. Uh, have, all right, have Lawrence. Going, sir. Thanks for calling, man. Thank you. All right, we gotta, okay. gotta take a quick little break, Bruce. If you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break. If you ever plan to move west. Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues. Uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! Hmm, that little witch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us at the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan. Today we have Mr. Josh Wilson, our automatic transmission guru in the shop, <laughs> or the show, I should say, that's station. That's right. And uh, if you give us a call on any topic that may be bugging you, we're going back to our phone lines. We've got Bruce who's been patiently holding. Good morning, Bruce. How are you doing this morning? Doing great, Good. sir. Uh, I got a question for Josh. All right. Me and my wife just uh, bought a uh, new RAV4. 
Toyota Accord. And it's got an eight-speed transmission or 17-speed or whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, what's your recommendation on all changes in that transmission? I wouldn't go more than 50,000 miles. I know Toyota either has it at 100 or they may not even have it on there at all. Mm-hmm. But everything that I've seen... They still have filter fluid, fluid that is going to break down, and it needs to be serviced. Plus, it's shifting so, a lot more times. Yeah. Because it has more it's gears, it has more shift points. It's, it's a lot more of a busy transmission hitting all those gears. And where the wear yeah. occurs on those is always in the valve body now. They're mm-hmm. running these valves back and forth, and it's either going to be a steel valve or an aluminum valve in the body, and they just wear out. So the cleaner you can keep that fluid, and the better condition you can keep that fluid, the longer it's going to last you. Well, the old fluid, if it loses any of its lubricity and it's not lubricating as well, wear goes sky high. And if it generates any, if you get a piece of debris stuck in there, right, the wear is going sky high either way. Wear is going sky high. Also, the the additives for the rate that the clutch will slip. The fluid has a great great deal to help that clutch apply and release real real smoothly. So keeping that fluid the additives changed out i mean it's, it's just going to buy you a tremendous amount of more life and you know, almost every one of these transmissions that we've seen with problems like ford had a lot of trouble and they came back and revised their service recommendation and initially they had said 100,000 miles and it came to 50 i don't know if they're not down to 30 now they may be down to 30 uh, some of your severe maintenance life they break it down into normal driving and severe driving some of those are still at 30,000 so if you're between 30 and 50,000 you're doing good certainly isn't going to hurt anything Miss Bruce that's about the only thing you can do to try to protect right. it and because those valve bodies can cost almost as much as a transmission yeah absolutely they're absolutely. very 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 and complex it's a, things it's also a good yeah. idea to have when they're servicing it what I'll do is I'll run it through the computer we have the Toyota laptop it'll plug in and link up with toyota and it'll tell you if there's any updates for that transmission and that's extremely extremely common there they come out with they call a calibration update just to adjust maybe one shift maybe several different shifts but they'll find where they're having a particular problem and they'll they're able to correct it or at least improve it with the software the way that the computer controls the transmission and you know almost nowadays almost all cars have an update whether it be transmission or engine and that's always something you know that's not under warranty that's not something that they're just going to say hey let's update it for free but if your your shop is looking for it they say hey you can we can flash it and get you the the if you have a specific complaint regarding this thing they may cover it under warranty If, if you're within your warranty period Correct. Yeah, because that thing is, uh, I don't drive it much, but I don't like the way that thing shifts. Yeah. Every now and then, <laughs> you, it goes between gears, and it seems like it's going to rip the engine out from under the hood. It shifts so hard. It's shifting all and the time. It does. Yeah. It, it never quits. Yeah, I've got yeah. the same transmission. i got a little Camry, and i got to say, I get fantastic gas mileage. I mean, I, I pull about 43 to 44 miles per gallon as long as I stay out of it, but that transmission well, is always shifting. Uh, I don't know what kind of mileage this thing gets, and I yeah. believe it's pretty good from what my wife tells me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be pretty uh, good. But that's, a, if you're not happy with the way it's shifting, that's that's really the first thing to do is make sure there's not a software update to fix that. Well, right. it, one way to cure that is I prefer to drive my pickup truck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you, man. All right, Bruce. Yes, sir. Thanks, Kyle, man. All right, 291-6901 is the number. Yeah, and that's something we were talking about before is – 
the software updates and improving the shifting with through the computer. Mm-hmm. The older days, we always put shift kits in it. You know, you can change springs, drill holes, right, uh, to make it shift better. Nowadays, you're doing it through tuning, is right. what they'll call it. And what we have to do, you have to stay within the factory guidelines, tune, guidelines, and use the factory tune or calibration update there are places that like to run their aftermarket tunes or aftermarket programs on them and that's getting to be a real real well, that is technically illegal to do right there and they are starting to crack down on that yeah there's, there's several companies already been fined under the clean air act mm-hmm. i don't think i don't know that they'd ever be able to go after the individuals but you know the the companies that are putting them out, and even the shops that are putting those programs in, can be li- held liable and actually sued from the government from yeah, the EPA. And those fines generally are up in the tens of thousands of dollars, hundred per occurrence. Yeah, a few and, of them have hit over a million dollars in fines for the bigger, the bigger ones with the diesel trucks and the. Well, the, yeah, what they want to get more performance out of it, right. so you buy this little tuner, or or somebody comes in and changes something on it. You got to remember, you know, we live in a very interactive world, and what you do to your vehicle, you can always say, "Well, it's my vehicle," and if you're going to put it in a display case, that is true. But if you're going to drive it on a public road, now it becomes everybody's issue, and they just do not allow that. So, no, and they're actually working on legislation to tighten the the restraints on that. You know, mm-hmm. even, even clamp down more on what you can and cannot do. So it, it's going to be important to make sure your shop is doing factory all approved factory within those those specs. Well, I know when. They find a problem with a transmission that they can correct with software. First, they have to present that to EPA and say, okay, what are the ramifications of this change? Right. And this was probably 10, 15 years ago. I was talking with a GM engineer, and he was telling every calibration that they submit has already been submitted to the EPA and run through all those tests. And that costed, back then, that would cost them $125,000 per change. Per, yeah, per calibration update. So, you know, they put out a lot of money before they release an update. Right. So you can pretty much guarantee if they've went through all of that, it needs it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they've spent that much money and time on on making that calibration update. Well, uh, and you don't want to go in and let's say you got a shutter on lockup. Well, obviously, if you prevent it from going lockup, the shutter's going to be gone. But now right. what else does that do? Right. Now you start burning it, up transmissions or... Well, you change the emissions of the vehicle. That's correct. It's easily fixed with telling the computer to go in and instead of giving partial lockup apply, go to 100%. You know, right. Go to full lockup or full release. And that is much easier on the torque converter, much easier on the transmission, but that's worse on the emissions. And right. that's where they're going to nail you. Yeah, because in order to optimize emissions, they have to hold that engine RPM and a very narrow range. Right. They can only optimize for a certain range. Let's say 1,200 RPM is the optimum point. That's the reason they go to seven, eight, nine speeds is because the more gears you have available, the more the transmission can shift, keeping the RPM of the engine in a very narrow range where it's optimized for, well, number one, emissions, and number two, fuel mileage. Right. And to even do it within more restraints of that, they'll – partially apply the torque converter lockup mm-hmm. 
in the old in the old four speeds, you, you know, you had offer on, offer on, and you, lockup would come in around forty five miles an hour. Right now, they may bring lockup on at twenty percent at fifteen miles an hour. Yeah, even between gears, it may between be locking gears, up. Yeah, partially locking partially up. locking up just to reduce the to, amount of allowable to keep slippage. That, yeah, to keep the engine RPM right at that sweet spot for the emissions and what that does i mean that's working like we were talking about it's just it's overworking these valves i mean they're just constantly well it's like most single issue things in the world be it engineering or whatever you can look at one single issue and Mm -hmm. you can address a fix but it's going to have ramifications through all the other issues sometimes unforeseen right if you increase durability you lose emissions you know right or increased performance you know you lose durability there's always it's always a compromise compromising somewhere again so much of this today is not coming out of the engineering department it's being mandated by the by the government by the government <laughs> our government <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we gotta take our second quick little break we'll be right back with a whole lot more sir How did you get in here? I used my grappling hook and climbed in through the window. As long as you have an appointment. Ah, yes, Mr. B. Wing. Uh, Why are you stressed about your job? Doc, I live in an area with a high crime rate, and part of my duty is to fight that crime. But lately, it seems like every time I turn around, someone needs my help. It's like this bright light signaling. Bat, I mean, B. Wayne, help us. Well, Mr. Wayne, there's not much I can do in regard to your crime-fighting dilemma. But if you want some peace of mind, bring your car in once a year to AGCO for a general inspection. They'll inspect your vehicle bumper to bumper and let you know where you stand. And these guys are honest? Years ago, they advised me not to fix a minor electrical problem that I could live with because it was too expensive. They sound like good people. Okay, I've got to go. I sure wish he would use the door like a normal patient. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Now the noise off the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the man with the whiskers has a... Welcome back. If you've joined us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan. Today we have Mr. Josh Wilson here in the studio. So if you have an automatic transmission question, it be a good day to call in. Of course, we will entertain anything you may have. We appreciate you spending Saturday morning with us. Got all our lines wide open, 291-6901. Get you to us. Air code 225, in case you're outside of our local calling area. That's right. And that will we'll hook you up and try to help you out. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> we're talking a little bit about automatic transmission, just some of the problems that we see today that we never saw before. And I want to go back and, and revisit that problem with the valve bodies wearing out. I think that's the probably the number one issue we're seeing today, where you start getting strange shift characteristics, maybe a check engine light. Right. Once the valve in the valve body wear out, that's where – the fluid is being directed to each particular clutch. And once you start losing that hydraulic capacity, mm-hmm. that's when you will feel shifting start to shudder or slip. Well, and lack of pressure or too much pressure or whatever, a worn valve, preface with that, a worn valve can cause a number of issues. Number one, it can allow fluid to run past it when it shouldn't, which Correct. may keep it in a gear that it shouldn't be in. Right, it may send that fluid where it's, supposed to be holding that fluid away from that right it's trying to block a circuit and if it's leaking then it's still applying and by the same token a worn valve can't not allow enough pressure because it's leaking back what it's supposed to be holding yeah so the valve body 
I guess, could be likened almost to the brain of a human body. It's where all the thought processes, although technically it's, it's occurring within the module, right? the electronic module, electronics really don't control all this stuff. It's controlled through valve movements and solenoids applying right. and releasing. The, the solenoids will allow the the oil to go through one circuit and move a valve which will open it up to another circuit you know all of that has is so closely monitored and you know it's in such tight constraints that if any little leakage just has a big effect Mm -hmm. and you know the computer's monitoring everything so it's through its sensors it knows you know if this clutch is responding the way it's supposed to so then you get even if it's not something that's enough for you to say hey i don't like the way this is shifting i need to bring it in if you're willing to put up with it peter may not like it then it sets the check engine light and you're not getting your sticker right so you're getting it fixed either way Mm -hmm. and all of that what we're saying is if you can keep it serviced and extend the life of that that's going to be the only thing you're going to be able to do and the reason this has become a problem in the older days, you had a valve in a valve body. You've always had this pretty much since transmissions came out. But it was more of an off-on situation. It Correct. moved to one position, was shifted a gear. Then it moved to another position, was shifted a gear. But that's not the case today. No, and they'll even modulate the oil. So they'll move, they'll buzz the valve back and forth to let a little bit of oil at a time go pulse. through or pulse it. Right, and to make that shift more smooth or the release of it uh, you know they'll all affect it through the the way that they're running that valve and that's that's shift timing timing release timing all all of that with your eight speeds going back to the four speeds a lot of them were you had the shift would occur by adding another clutch Mm -hmm. and then adding the band and then adding this now it's more combined with the adding a clutch and releasing a clutch so the timing has to be much more critical Mm -hmm. of the the apply and the release so that you don't end up with a flare up or a bind up right and it's doing this a lot more times yes so you you take the combination of all this stuff moving a whole lot more which is hard on the fluid generating more debris simply because more stuff is moving which is hard on the fluid. A lot of vehicles now where you can't access the filter because it's built inside the unit. Right. And you got kind of a perfect storm for problems. Right. And this is, you know, what we aim our goal is for people who are trying to keep their cars for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. If this is for somebody who's trading it in in two years, well, it's really not going yeah, if to... You, if you lease a car and you can trade it in every three years, if you can afford to just go buy a new car every three years and get what you get for the old one, then this is probably not going to affect you a great deal. No, you're, it's not going to be your problem to put up with. It's going to happen after you get rid of that car. Mm-hmm. But if you're the person that's buying a car and you're keeping it for 10, 15 years, 20 years, you know this is something that you have to do to, to prolong that the life of the transmission well and the only reason anybody would consider keeping a car for that length of time is to save money correct myself i want to buy a car number one i want to save my money and pay cash for the car because i don't want to pay financing charges once i buy that car i want it to last as long as it can with a minimum number of repair 
And that is because I want to keep my cost of automobile transportation to a minimum so I can spend my money on things I want to do. I like to travel. Right. You know, some people like other things. I want to spend my money on the things I want to spend it on. I do not want to spend it on fixing a car. And no, again, nobody does. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe some people do. I don't yeah. know. I don't. And and yeah. the philosophy of this entire show, if you've ever listened to it at all, you'll realize that we're trying to minimize your cost of transportation, right, your whatever that cost. involves. So, again, if you can't afford to just buy a car, trade it every three years, but if you do that, add up what your costs are. You're going to be spending several hundred dollars per month pretty much for the rest of your life because you're never going to get it paid off you're just going to keep if that fits your prerogative then that's fine i know people who do that they just they just lease a car and they say i just don't want to hassle with it okay, right well it's great right but i was on a cruise one time with a doctor and he was selling me he said, well you know we with all the conditions and the medicine socialized medicine all coming along we're just not making near the money we made at one time and he's leasing two cars i said well do you realize you've got almost $2,000 a month going out in transportation costs. That doesn't make sense even if you can't afford it. Right. Well, what else could you do? I said, well, you can buy a car, go in and buy a a used car that's three years old for about half the price of a new one. Then you can maintain it, keep it for 10 years. You can cut this cost by a factor of probably four. Right. And you, you can take that money and use it for all things. But, Again, that's kind of where we're at today. Cars, they're starting to have wear issues that we've never seen before. The cost of replacement is so high that it almost totals the car. So you have to do something a little different than what you did in the past. Right. It's always, like we were talking about, it's constantly changing. So what we were doing on cars five years ago, that's changing to today. Mm -hmm. They're constantly trying to improve. Uh, We'll take the, the GM for example having the problems with the shutter in their i think it was their eight speeds Mm -hmm. and they've come out with three different fluids to address this problem i think the third fluid is actually got it fixed but Mm -hmm. if you bought it with that first fluid in it you know and it doesn't it's going to start shuttering on you Mm -hmm. so getting your maintenance done getting your maintenance done by somebody who is staying knows that there's an updated fluid right knows what fluid to get that is such a issue that there's the difference between the second released vert oil and the third is the same exact name same exact fluid you just have to know what color label was put on that bottle of fluid Mm -hmm. to know that you're getting the correct fluid. and unfortunately the world being what the world is you've got cases and cases and cases of this the second release the second release well most Vendors are not willing to just throw that away and say, well, there's a better one out. Yeah, what are you going to do? So what they do is they sell it out to people who don't know. Maybe right. a do-it-yourselfer. Maybe on the Internet you can buy it at a yeah, – here's fluid. Yeah, I found it on eBay for yeah, this much. You because know? all the shops that know are trying to dump and get rid of it, uh, even at a discounted rate if they have to. But, yeah, you get that, you haven't solved the problem. You've gone right back to the situation. Even though you've changed your fluid, now you, you still have the issue right. because it's a third fluid that has a different makeup that – Right, so so keeping up with, you know, your shop keeping up with what's current and keeping up with, you know, taking the time to run it through, hooking up to the computer and running it through and see if there's any updates. Right. That, that's really where you want to be to keep your vehicle performing where it, at the optimal level. It used to be a time when we spent virtually all our time on a car turning wrenches. Yeah. But now you may spend 25, 30% of the time looking up data 
before you turn the first wrench. Yes. And if you don't, you're going to be in big, big trouble. <laughs> right, because you have nowhere, you, no idea. If you haven't seen that problem before, you, you're starting from scratch. So you just got to first go in there and see if there's bulletins on it. I mean, this may already be a known problem that they've already fixed, and mm-hmm. you just have to go find that information so that you can apply it. Which, of course, takes time, and time is money. So, yeah, it, like everything else, it adds to the cost of the customer. But when you've got companies that are being told what to do by governmental agencies and all that, I mean, they could come out and design a car that wouldn't have these problems, but they couldn't meet the emissions. Which right. Easily, easily fix it, most of the problems. And until it gets broken down by the financial departments, hey, we have to do this car at this price. Right. You can't spend that much money on this component. You know, that, yeah, because like they have to make a living in the process. Yeah, you can't put all these metal screws in it. You have to put plastic push pins. Right. You know, <laughs> we have to cut every penny that we can. Well, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you could take our last quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues. Uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! Hmm, that little witch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our automatic transmission guru, Mr. Josh Wilson, in the studio today. So we're talking a little bit about that. Of course, we'll take a question on any topic you may have. Just give us calls, 291-6901. Josh, we were talking about transmissions. And, of course, the topic would come up, or the I guess the clue would come up. How about CVTs? And everybody now has heard about a CVT, constantly variable transmission. Basically, you still have all the same issues with that. Yes. Plus a few more, maybe. Still seeing uh, pretty much the same pattern failures with the valves wearing out. CVTs have a much higher pressure running in there to to run those pulleys for the the CVT pulleys. Mm -hmm. So you're talking, we're going from 100, 100 and a half PSI. And a regular transmission to the CVTs running, you know, over a thousand psi mm-hmm. on those pulleys, and same problems with with the greater pressure, uh, even greater wear on some of those valves. Mm-hmm. And same root problem, different kind of platforms. Right, and it's not like a CVT is one thing. One manufacturer may have five different CVTs and maybe fifteen different right. filters to fit them. Right. Two different fluids and on and on and on. So right. if you're going to try to service that yourself, you got to be, first off, it can be a, a challenge just to find out what's in it. Yeah, you definitely have to find out the correct factory fluid. Many of them do not have a 
filler tube dipstick, so you may have to find a, a special tool to fill it up, special procedure to check that fluid level when it when it is done. Mm-hmm. Everything's just... Then it may have zero, one, or two filters on it. <laughs> right. Let's go catch one of our phone calls here. We've got John online. Good morning, John. Good morning. Yes, sir. I've got a, I've got a question. I've got a 2017 F-150. It's a 2.7 liter uh, EcoBoost okay. engine, and it's got that stop auto stop start feature mm-hmm. i'm wondering if that by driving traffic quite a bit and it does actually function correctly but with over the lifestyle of the, the vehicle is that going to have any kind of a adverse effect on the the start yeah and, uh, those components? and you know john it hadn't been out long enough to have a really good track history but common sense would tell you if it's constantly stopping and starting stopping and starting it's got to have a lot more wear and tear on all the components in, in the cranking system i mean I don't see where it really would save enough to justify having to replace it. Not only that, but the star and all is a much bigger, heavier assembly, obviously, because it's constantly being used. So it's much more expensive to replace when it does go out. It's one of those things where they're engineering cars. They're just grasping at straws to get a hundredth of a mile to gallon increase because of the cafe ratings and the emissions ratings. And obviously, if you shut the car off, it's not emitting anything. So every time you can shut it off, it's great. But from your perspective, it has to be restarted, and it takes stuff to do that. So, yeah, I don't think it's in the customer's best interest as a system, but it helps them to meet the emission standards. So, you you, you could get it whether you want it or not. Right. You gotta. Is, is there? Is, do you know if there's any way to to, to disable it? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it would be legal to disable it because it does come under the Clean Air Act like we talked about before. I'm sure there probably is a way to disable it. Yeah, there is companies, and I don't know but if they'll... The dashboard, but, it, but every time you restart the engine, it's, it's going to default to work again. Yeah, that's right. about the only thing right. that you could do safely and legally. There are some aftermarket companies that can go in and turn it off, but again, the legality of that is very, very questionable and getting worse. They're starting to really crack down on that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I do appreciate it. All righty. Enjoy your show. Thank Uh, you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Yeah, you got to imagine the teeth on the flywheel and the starter is just going to take. It's got to take a toll on it because it's constantly starting. If you start a car one time every drive cycle, that's one thing. But if you start and stop it ten times per drive cycle. And and the engineers say, okay, we're going to do this, but we got to have this flywheel, this Still, the teeth have got to be made out of this grade metal, mm-hmm. and then it goes to finance and say, "No, let's let's use this flywheel. It's you know it can save us three dollars on every car. Yeah, three dollars per car and times it, millions yeah. of cars, and it, it'll last you know your fifty, sixty thousand miles, and but it's not going to last you know the hundred fifty like the the guy who said this is what it's going to need, and then the financial department saying this is what it's getting." Well, and, you know, all of the car companies, I know we think of them as these big conglomerates with unlimited amount of funds, but that's not the case. They actually are not doing as well as they would like. There's A lot of them are struggling. I mean, and their competition from offshore production and even local production, they're trying to keep the price down where people can afford it. Right. You're constantly being mandated to put more and more systems on that do cost. They have no choice in that. You start putting collision avoidance. You start putting all lane yeah. departure, Cameras. camera systems. It yeah. all adds cost to the vehicle. And right. there's a limited amount of money people can spend on a vehicle. So they have to compromise somewhere. Right. And that's the other thing that 
they really don't release it, is that they have to put these systems on there. Yeah, they have no choice. Right. It's mandated. So maybe that high, high-grade HSL seal flywheel that the engineer specced out, they said, well, maybe we could get by with a hardened regular steel flywheel. Right. And save $2 per vehicle. Right. Well, that's what you're going to get. And they're looking at it again. you got to remember, an engineer looks at stuff from the warranty standpoint. To him, the life of the car is the length of the warranty. Right. That's how long it's got to make it. And if it will do that, but he's just not going to put a whole lot extra in there because any extra, again, the finance department is going to flag him. Same thing with the starter motor itself. Because you're using it more often, it's going to generate more heat, which means it requires larger windings and stuff, which means it weighs more, which means the mileage goes down. So they're trying to make it lighter. They're trying to make it. A perfect example of that is one we just did. I don't know if we should mention the name of it, but anyway, it's valve covers leaking on a fairly yeah. new car. Mm-hmm. And the valve covers will warp. And the fix is it's a known problem. The fix is to put the other four bolts in that they didn't drill out. Right. The, now, the head has the, yeah, the holes. The holes are there. The holes for the are bolt. there, but they didn't drill through the valve they cover. Didn't, right. And they save four bolts per side. But now it's about a six, seven-hour job to tear this engine down and replace it and put the, the additional bolts in. Plus, you got to buy the additional bolts. Right. It's not – I say they released a bulletin, so they know – what the problem is and what the fix is but that's not a warranty issue it's this is what you have to pay to have done is take them apart drill these holes out buy the bolts because i mean it's not just a bolt from the hardware store no it's, no, it's the, a specialized bolt to right. keep you from over tightening it right so yeah that's that's a perfect example of what well again we got bean counters telling the engineers how to build cars that's right <laughs> and politicians on top of that <laughs> exactly so you know what could possibly go wrong Right. <laughs> I see we're getting close to time to get on out of here. We got a little bit, but not enough for another call, unfortunately. Thank Josh for coming in and kind of cluing us up a little bit on yeah, automatic transmission. Fill, fill in for Mr. Brian every now and then. There you go. Give him a Saturday off. There you go. You know, of course, I guess the crux of it all is service is as necessary or more necessary. It's more critical. So if you're going to do it, if you're going to try to do it yourself, just get the information to do it. And be sure you do it exactly right because you can do more yeah. harm than do good if you do yes. it wrong. That'll find somebody who can do it for you. Hey, tell her how much I appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.